0: Welcome to Life School. This is Reverend Kojo. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. I've got an interesting discussion for us today. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about this idea that you are a wife in a girlfriend market or you're a husband in a boyfriend market. Uh, And so we're going to dive into it. I want you to get ready. Put your seatbelts on because we're going to talk about the issue because a lot of us are falling victim. So here's what it is. Is... You know, the Bible says very, very candidly that he that findeth a wife finds a good thing. But it didn't say that he that finds a woman. It doesn't say that he that finds a pretty, a pretty lady. It didn't say that he that finds a girl or a female. It didn't say that he that finds somebody to wash my clothes. Is that he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And finds favor with the Lord. Well, here's the thing. There are certain qualifications that come with being a wife. Everybody at every stage in their life is not a wife. There are certain things, and we all mature at different different rates, but there are certain things that we go through and go to and go in and with that make us a spouse material. So you know whether you're a husband or a wife, or you're a girlfriend or a boyfriend. There are there are some at some point you will mature into a wife, and you may not be married yet. At some point you will mature into a husband, and you may not be married yet. But that means that you are prepared for the next step. Well, here is the problem. Sometimes we're so eager to be a spouse to somebody that we will take our wife tendencies or we'll take our husband qualifications and pair them with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Here's the problem. A girlfriend is there for sure. They're there for a good time. They're not really there to be in the trenches with you. They're not committed for better or for worse, for sicker, for, uh, for sicker, uh, sickness and in health for richer or for poor. No, they're not there to wipe your behind because you, you're paraplegic. They're not there to keep you and to hold you down. A girlfriend is there for a good time. A girlfriend is, is there way. Well, hey, we can go hang out. We can go to the movies. We can go to the water park. We can go hang out. We can go. You can, you can spend your money and, uh, take me to the drive-in. But a, if there's a, there's a difference between a wife because a wife encourages, a wife uh, has, will uplift you. A wife uh, will, will teach you some things, and so will a husband. See, a wife is, is made to complement the husband characteristic. So if the wife, if the husband is strong in pro- provision, the wife might be strong in nurturing. Because in his efforts to provide, he may be short, in nurturing some needs. You may be short, and and, you know, traditionally the wife was good at taking care of the house, raising the kids, making sure the kids had what they need, while the husband was good at bringing home meat and making sure that the ends from last week met the, the ends from this week. And so it was tradition that said that the wife stayed at home and the husband went out in the street. And so we had a complimentary system that worked for a lot of people. And that, that's not to say that that's dead, but I didn't see it that way in our household because both my mom and daddy work. But they complement each other like nobody's business. I have never met two more different people in the world that are so in love with each other. It's almost disgusting how much they love each other, but they're so different. My mom is all probably borderline OCD and my dad is probably borderline uh, slob. Um, and, and, but they make it work because where she is weak, he is strong. And where he is strong, uh, where he is weak, she is strong. And so they fill in one another's gaps where she is all about the details. He's all about the big picture and where she can't always envision stuff. His imagination runs wild, While he's trying to envision things for the business, she's trying to make sure that home is solid. While she's trying to make sure that we have a solid foundation, he's trying to make sure that there's a roof and walls. And so they work together in tandem so that we do not have a piece of a family, but we have a whole family. So that we don't have a piece of provision, but we have all provision. And they work in tandem spiritually too because my dad and, you know my mom is all about the details in the secular world but my dad is all about the ridiculous details in the bible my mom can speak and give you great illustration and she can tell a story like nobody's business and she's in the word as well but when you want to go and get your answer from your parent about the word i get to make a decision i say well do i want i uh, do i want the crazy detail or do i want the um the big picture And so it's always so funny to me because in real world application, my mom can never see the big picture, but when it comes to the Bible, she is great at seeing the big picture. My dad is never good at seeing the details, but he is great at seeing the details in the word. And so I get to make a decision. I get to ask myself, well, what do I need to know today? What wisdom do I want to glean from today? And that is who I pick up the phone and call. So, In that regard, there, there was a shift in their relationship and uh, granted the ship probably happened 30 years ago, but there was a shift in their relationship where they went from possessing girlfriend, boyfriend qualities to possessing husband, wife qualities. But here's, here's the funny thing is years before they even got married or started talking about marriage, she was at his house and he had a little black book. You know, that's a sign of the times had a little black book. And so she was going through his little back book, and there's all these girls in there, and she comes across her name in the book, right? And next to her name, there's a could be. And so, of course, as a woman, she's like, could be what? Well, I know I hadn't done nothing XYZ, so what do you mean, could be? And so, of course, he has to explain could be my wife. There are qualities that your wife will possess. And you may not see it uh, upon meeting, or you may not understand it upon meeting them, but there will be something about them that I'm not going to say that will complete you because we are complete in Christ, but they will add a a new degree of help to you. They'll add a new degree of insight to you. And when they add that new degree of insight, it, it completely broadens your lens. I'm not, I'm not insinuating that you can't survive without a person. But what I will say is that your survival will be limited. Well, okay, Reverend Kojo, what do you mean by the limited? What I mean is that you can go so far, you can do so much. But the Bible said this is good, it was not good for man to be alone, and so he he made an Adam. He made an Eve out of an Adam. And it said that that he he went on and he, and it says that two are better than one because when one would fall, the other can pick him up. And, 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 and he goes on in Proverbs and he talks about this companionship thing. And it's, it's, it becomes increasingly apparent that God has made us for one another. And so we can survive singular. We don't need to be with somebody to survive. And when I say to survive, to inhale and exhale, to digest our food, uh, to exist, we don't need another person. But when we start talking about purpose driven life, when we start talking about, Um, excelling at this thing called life, talking about going from being ordinary to extraordinary. When we talk about being phenomenal, God will place people in your life that will elevate you and more than likely it's going to come in the form of a companion. And when I say a companion, I'm not talking about that lad that you were playing with. On, th- I'm talking about somebody that's there for the long haul. Somebody who is committed to hanging with you. Somebody who is committed to, to being in the trenches with you. Somebody that will pick you up when you feel like you have lost everything. Somebody that will wipe you up and clean you up when nobody else wants to touch you. Somebody who will speak the word over you and pray the word over you and cover you when you don't know how to cover yourself. And see, there's a difference because a boyfriend or a girlfriend won't do that. How do I know? In relationship. Well, here recently, that there's somebody that's taken interest in, in me, and I've, and I've kind of given them a little bit of attention. There is a completely different conversation than the one that my mind is always on. Because the conversation is typically... Well, what can you do for me physically? And it's and and, and and it's never about what can we do or what can we produce, how can we excel. It's always, well, I'm going to do. I'm going to Focus on my career and my career is going to do well and and my education is important and you need to do this. And it's never about we and it's never about how can what I've got going on complement what you've got going on. The conversation shifts when a husband and wife meet in tandem, but that does not happen when you have husband qualifications and you're trying to mix yourself with a girlfriend because you'll forever be confused and frustrated and, and lost because the girlfriend will not see the vision. The girlfriend will not see how you're going to make zero turn into a million. The girlfriend can't see it, but the wife will sit there and she may not understand it, but she'll believe that God has placed the vision in your heart. And she will say, go, baby, go, go, baby, go. And, and and it's, it's, and there's the difference between walking with a wife and walking with a girlfriend. There's a difference between walking with a husband and walking with a boyfriend because the boyfriend is, is obsessed with how can you gratify me today? And the wife says, how can we succeed today? you know I, I i readily say that i've learned more in companionship than i have learned in all of the books and the research and the studying i have learned more from one person than i have learned in and i've read hundreds possibly thousands of books on relationships and god and and how we can be live our best lives and philosophy and psychology and how we can do all this. I probably read thousands and thousands of articles about why this relationship works and that relationship doesn't work. And, and I can tell you the world is trying to break down what God has said, what God has put together. The Bible says, let no man put a son, <laughs> let no man, what God has put together. Let no man put asunder. In other words, that the only way to truly uh, describe why some relationships work and other relationships don't, God has perfectly paired two people together for them to succeed. If I looked at my mom and daddy's relationship and I looked at their best friends, the Nolan's relationship, and I looked at uh, another set of their really good friends, the James's relationships, and, and all of those are three really good marriages that I really respect a whole lot. When you looked at the, the characteristics that go into the two of them, nothing really matches other than the fact they love the Lord. When you look at the, the personalities that are paired together, when you look at the way that they survive and the way that they deal with issues, the way that they parent and the way that they carry themselves, nothing really, really overlaps too much. Yeah. They all seem to walk upright, but their uprightness is different. They all seem to have good jobs, but they all have different careers. Even two of them work in the same company, but they all do something completely different. You know, when you look at the way that they approach this thing called parenting and they compare parenting notes, you know, my dad's friend, Reverend Nolan, would, would would say, hey, I want you to look out for this when your kids get there because your kids are a little bit younger than mine. And when when my dad would come around the stumbling block, they were so different and the way that they parented was so different that, yeah, he could see the warning sign, but he, had to, he couldn't brace himself like he wanted to because that the way that they parented was different and the children that they had was different. And so we could talk about formulas all day long. On this is how you find the perfect person. But I will tell you this. Here is the formula. I hope you're writing and I hope you're ready. If this is the formula. Seek God with all of your heart. Plead with the Lord to mold you and make you into what he wants you to be. Be committed to whatever he says he he wants you to be. And if you will do that. He's going to pair you with the person he has destined you to. When your eyes. See you remember Peter. Peter and Jesus, Jesus was walking on the water and Peter was in the boat. And Peter said, Lord, if it is you, let me come to you. As long as Peter's eyes were focused on Jesus, he was going where he needed to be. He had everything he needed. He was doing the impossible, but it was probable and it was possible. And it happened as long as he was focused on Jesus, he was able to go. So you want to know, how do you find the perfect wife? How do you find the perfect husband? How do you make sure that the the companion that you decide to spend the rest of your life with is made for you and made for you? Focus on God. Focus on God. Don't worry about making yourself X, Y, Z. Focus on making yourself what God has called you to be. Focus on being what he has called you to be. And if you will focus on what he has called you to be, and you focus on what he has called you to do, he will send the person by your path. And I promise to God, when they cross your path, you're going to look at him like, really? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) How? (laughs) And you're going to be like, how in the world? And then, but, but here is, here is the good thing about it. When you argue. And when you're frustrated and you're confused and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to get there and you don't understand why he's allowing these things, you can say, you sent her to me, you sent him to me, teach me how to deal with them. See, we find issue in relationship with people because we're trying to tie ourselves to something God did not put together. The Bible says what God brings together, let no man put asunder. But it doesn't say, it doesn't say what you have brought together, let no man put asunder. Because the things that you put together are not going to work the way that God has designed them to. I mean, y'all, we can go all off course and think about cloning. They struggle with cloning because it goes against what God has brought together. God said, I made a womb that a body might grow in it. I have given you scientific knowledge. I have, I did do it, but I gave you the process by which if you want to procreate, this is what you need to do. And so we've tried to create a womb outside of the womb, and he has given us the ingredients to do what needs to be done. And so we're so busy trying to play God. Now I'm not trying to make a clone at all. Like, not 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 even the in this, I don't even like to look at things that have been cloned. Uh, but we're so busy in our lives trying to play God, and I'm so guilty, y'all. We're trying to play God. We want to be God in our lives. We want to know the plan and we hold on to the scriptures like write the vision, make it plain. But the problem is sometimes the visions that we're writing and trying to make it plain are not the visions that God has given us. They're not visions that came from late night Prayer, but they came from late night thought. And the late night thought didn't come from God, it came from Satan or it came from your own strength and wisdom. And you're trying to write the vision and you're trying to make it plain. You're trying to tie yourself to things that are smaller, weaker, and not made of the stuff that is going to stand the test of time. It's like having putting duct tape on a door and saying it's got to cake me through 70 years. You can't marry the duct tape and expect the duct tape to be faithful after a while it's going to give way but if you'll go together with the things that god has put together i promise you it's better than any super glue (laughs) it'll hold you together and keep you together you know and that's the thing the three couples that i mentioned my mama and their two friends their two sets of friends is that one thing about them is that they have all gone through hard things You know, from being completely different people married to one another, from going through infertility issues, from going from having to get over self and having to deal with things. But the difference between them and the couples that got divorced is two things. Number one is they were committed to stay together because God said to stay together. And when you are committed to do what God has said, God is going to make sure that you succeed. When you are not committed to do what God has said, you'll find yourself in a mess and it happens. It happens to me. It happens to people all the time. And we find ourselves in these situations because we are committed to doing the things that God did not say. It's like women, and, and, I, and I don't want to offend you, but I'm about to tell the truth, so I hope you brace yourself. It's like when we wake up and say that, oh, I have not gotten laid in a long time. Let me go find somebody to go have sex with. And then we get upset when the relationship falls apart, but we're having sex outside of our marital bond, and we're wondering why the relationships don't last. We're wondering why we're catching hell in our lives. And the reality is, is we have stepped out, of, of the bond that we're supposed to walk in or we have not waited for that bond and we're questioning why our lives are falling apart. The Bible says what God has brought together let no man put asunder. If God brought the two of you together or he is going to bring the two of you together you need to wait for the thing that God puts together. Yes we all have itches that we want to deal with I talked to, I talk, look, it's, it's a reality that we have. We have, we have these things that we like to call needs, but the reality is that God is not going to allow you to have a need that goes unfulfilled. So if you feel like your need is unfulfilled, wait for him to satisfy your need and and waiting on him to satisfy the need the gratification that comes later will be greater than anything that you can get for something that he has not ordained you're a hu- you're a wife in a girlfriend market what does that mean that means you have the qualification to be a wife when a husband comes along he's going to notice that's a wife You're a husband in a one night stand market. You're a husband. And so, and now that's something we can talk about. You've got the qualifications of a husband. You want to treat her like a wife, but she insists on, she insists on being a whole. You've got the qualifications of a husband. You're prepared to protect and to uphold and to teach and to lead. And she just wants you. She just wants, uh, what your body can give her. You have the tools to take your family to the next, uh, level, but she's not prepared for a family or she wants the family out of order. And so you're frustrated and she's frustrated because you're not a match. The Bible talks about being unequally yoked. And see, sometimes we get confused because we think, you know, we're taught that being unequally yoked is like being with somebody who does not, is not a believer. And it is that that is being unequally yoked, but being unequally yoked is being a husband trying to marry a girlfriend. It's being a, a wife trying to marry a boyfriend, uh, it's, it's 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 being with somebody who is not on your level that's what unequally yoked mean, means. Uh, and so to be unequally yoked can also be that you're you're a, a seasoned person in Christ, you know more about Him, you have a deeper relationship with Him, and this person is not interested in developing their relationship, they're okay with being on milk, and so you're 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 on steak spiritually. You're using a full knife. You can go through the, the courses. You understand hermeneutics and liturgy. Uh, maybe you, you, you pray on a regular basis and the, and the Lord speaks to you. He leads and guides you all along the way. And they go to church on Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day. I, and you're trying, to, you're trying to wife it. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. And do not get me wrong. My mom, my mom and dad will tell you that when they got married, my dad was more ahead, was more versed in the word than she was. Well, the thing that worked is that they were not that far apart. They they were, there was at a gap. They weren't that far apart, but she was eagerly seeking ways to learn more about him. And by him, the Lord, I mean, and so, because she was an eager seeker of the word. And as she was eagerly seeking what God had for her, it was it was okay because they were equally yoked in vigor. So it's one thing to be with somebody who is trying to get to the next level, but it's another thing to be with somebody who is content and complacent in being on milk. You're a wife in a boyfriend market. You're a husband in a girlfriend market. You It doesn't work. It does not work, and so I was reading this morning in my devotional time. It said in Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes, he said, "Enjoy the life with the with the wife that you're, you love." And so, but that verse insinuates something that the Bible does speak a lot on in the Old Testament is that some people are married to people that they do not love. They and and when I say love, I'm not talking just about erotic love, but I'm talking about an agape, an agape love, a love that says, "Hey, if you were not able to ever speak again, I'm still gonna love you. If you could never walk again, I would I would carry you. If you could never use the bathroom on your own, I would take you and clean you up and make you all that you have to be. It doesn't matter." in what state you find yourself in. I love you that much. He said, enjoy your life with the wife that you love. But in order to find the wife that you love, you've got to be the husband that can be loved. And and I I said it again, but I don't want you to miss it. If you want to find the wife, you want to find the husband, you first have to be the husband or wife. But you also have to be so focused in on what God wants for you that when he speaks, you'll do it. When he speaks, you'll trust him because I'm willing to bet that what your idea of perfect is. And his idea of perfect are, are more like a Venn diagram than like a perfect replica. If you're familiar with a Venn diagram, that's like the two circles. And then at the middle, they overlap. And so your vision overlaps only, but a little bit. I'm sure all of the major qualifications will fit into the Venn diagram, but God's idea for what you want and your idea for what you want are probably going to overlap into what you didn't expect. It'll probably be pop up in some in a place that you were not prepared for, in a place that you didn't imagine. It's probably not the thing that you thought he was going to give you, because the thing that he thought you were going to you were going to get is not good enough. And the scripture says, "Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, what nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has for His people." If if we could imagine, if we could have the capacity to understand.